Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, did you notice how that psalm began? The first words, which are really just one word in Hebrew, were simply, I love. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. Well, did that opening give you pause? Did you stop to think, do I? Do I love the Lord? Left to ourselves, we stumble at that very first word, don't we? Who can say, I love the Lord with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my mind and with all my strength? Can I say, I love the Lord when every single day, a hundred times a day, fears, worries, anxieties all weigh on me as though the Lord my God could not preserve me. Can't be trusted to do so. Too much work, not enough time, not enough money. Can I really say I love the Lord when so often my first impulse is to please myself? And place my confidence in my means, my abilities, myself. And to that, we might add, do I love my neighbor as I love myself? For in fact, the Hebrew text runs something like this. I love for or that or even indeed the Lord has heard my voice. But can I really say today or any day that I have loved my neighbours having only pure and selfless thoughts for them. Well, left to ourselves, we stumble at the first word of this psalm. The mirror of the law, the law of love, reflects back on us our emptiness and our self-love. But we are not left to read this psalm alone. In fact, in the first instance, it is not our psalm at all, but our Lord's. He who invites us to join with him in praying all the psalms. It's his word. And his love for us, his sin-laden, self-loving neighbours, does not falter or stumble in the least. We see that love clearly in the cross, as St. Paul puts it in Romans 5. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Or again, in Ephesians 5, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that she might be holy and without blemish. And we could go to many other texts. But Jesus' perfect love for his Father is also seen in the same place as Jesus Christ, obedient unto death, even death on the cross, did his Father's will. Christ's love for God the Father and us, his fallen neighbor, does not miss a beat. For Jesus is love incarnate. Jesus does not stumble at those words, I love, at all in this his psalm. And not just the first word, but the whole psalm is about him as well. 
as we read on. For the father hears the son's voice and inclines his ear toward him. He hears his pleas for mercy on our behalf. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The snares of death, after all, encompassed him. The pangs of Sheol, the grave, laid hold of Jesus as he suffered the distress and anguish of the cross. But the father drew him up from the grave when he raised him from the dead. When he delivered his soul from death, his eyes from tears, his feet from stumbling, that he might wipe away all tears from our eyes too. And with his beautiful feet, preach to us the gospel of peace. And if we were to read on in this psalm beyond where we stopped, we would also read how he lifts up the cup of salvation in thanksgiving, in Eucharist, and calls on the name of the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the presence of his people gathered in worship, Jesus still lifts up the cup of salvation today, filled with his atoning blood and the bread too, his body, by which he restores his people and sanctifies them, sanctifies them. This is Jesus' prayer from the beginning to the end. And he stumbles not at one point throughout. But he doesn't keep it to himself. He shares his thanksgiving psalm with you in the midst of your real life as you have it and the crosses that you bear too. For in him, in Jesus, the Father has inclined his ear to you and hears your cry. You too can say without faltering or stumbling, I love that the Lord has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he has heard and he does hear in Christ. In him, in Jesus, God has become your father who has loosened death's bonds and has set you free. In baptism, he has prized off death's cold fingers from your soul and placed you in the warm palm of his hand. In baptism, God did for us what he could not do, what we could not do for ourselves. He put to death the self-love, the love for the things of this world, and sin. He buried all that, and he raises you to walk with Christ in newness of life, in the land of the living, in the terms of our text. So he does not give you this psalm like a mail carrier dropping off a parcel at your doorstep, leaving you alone to open it and work out what to do with it. No, it remains his prayer. And that is what the book of Psalms is, the prayer book of our Lord, who teaches us to pray. But rather he abides with us as we join our voice to his and he leads us in prayer. And what's more? He remains with us where we are, here in the real world of joys and suffering, distresses and pain. Our sufferings are joined to his suffering. Our, his cross sanctifies the crosses we bear as we are called to deny ourselves. Even though we should face death all day long, we face it with one who has already faced it for us. And conquered it for us. 
even as we stare at it in the eye with the loss of our loved ones or our own mortality, our own sickness or disease, disaster or pain. Even though the whole world seems to fall into greater and deeper disorder and chaos, yet our gracious God has committed his ear to us in Jesus. He has bent down low. He has cupped his hand to his ear in Christ so that you and I can say as well, without stumbling, I love that the Lord has heard my voice. He has drawn me up from the grave and has given me life so that I too may walk in the land of the living. Amen. And the peace of God that passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, now and forevermore. Amen.